0: Hey Ashley. Hey Raph. What's your serve number? Twenty-one,
1: twelve, seven, nine, five.
0: What was that now? Twenty-one, twelve, seven, nine, five. That's a long number. <laughs> We're gonna have to break that one down.
1: <laughs> I thought about it long and hard.
0: Oh yeah, you 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 you're actually gonna you you you're redefining the serve number. But you're gonna have to break it down.
1: Absolutely. So, twenty one twelve was my class number okay. when I was in basic training, and I was in uh, Delta Company seven nine five. So we would say twenty one twelve seven nine five.
0: And that's your serve number.
1: Yeah, that, I, that that's going to be my serve number.
0: That's awesome. You have dedicated your life to service. Now, Served Radio
1: is dedicated to you. Speaking the truth about service-oriented life and moving through leaving to living. This is the voice of and for service members, responders, veterans, and dependents, because we have served.
0: Now, leading the journey for today's mission, Raphael Haudige. Hey, everybody. How are you? I am so glad that you've decided to join me here on Served Radio for Episode 8. So um, one of the amazing things is Epic Episode 7 was really great. And I thought, man, how are we going to maximize and what is going to come in after Epic Episode 7? And guess what? I have double Epic Episode 8. I tell you what, this one is a dream come true, when I envisioned the idea of served, uh, what it is and what it was going to be or become, and what served radio, what purpose was that going to fill in the served story. I tell you what, it's episode eight. So want to welcome you to served radio and thank you for joining me here today. If you are listening for the first time, I uh, just wanted to break it down that I'm going to talk here a little bit, and then we're going to get into the grumpy old sergeant, mentor minute of the week, uh, served mission brief, living to living um, debrief, and then we wrap the show up. But before we get into those specifics of the show, I just want to remind you that you can reach me at any time at raf at served.vet, r-a-f at s-r-v-d dot v-e-t. Served.vet. Um, and then you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, your favorite podcast app out there, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, even Google. And if you're Googling us, basically it's served.vet, served space vet, served vet. And it comes up. If you just do served, a whole bunch of other stuff pops up. And people are sending me uh, messages letting me know that they're having a hard time finding me. And I'm like, nope, it's always served vet. So, when you share with your friends, family, service members, responders, veterans, or dependents, just tell them, hey, served vet or served.vet. And if uh, it's through the Get One, Give One campaign, just point to the, to the URL right there at the bottom and say, look, it's right there on the sticker, served.vet. And if you want to write me, right, we, we have the snail mail option here. Uh, I am still haven't seen any fruit out of it, but uh, I know one day one of you is going to get so motivated And just write me a postcard or write me a note or something. Uh, And then that day I'm going to get so excited and do the little little dance of joy there. But uh, anyways, it's uh, served 145 Fleet Street, National Harbor, Maryland, 20745. Now, you know what? I actually forgot the box. So we're going to have to start all over. It's served 145 Fleet Street. What is my box number? Number 256. See, you all knew that. Before I even had to say it, my my regulars were like, Raph, it's 256. It's box 256. Well, we know that it's box 256. Let's do something about it. (laughs) Anyways, lots of love to everybody that has been sending me uh, messages of support via email, via phone call, via text. I truly appreciate you joining me here. And this is why I do this labor of love, because... I know that you're listening and I'm getting the feedback so much so that some feedback that I've gotten is that I'm not a very good grumpy sergeant. What? It comes from April Keating. And she said, Raf, I just got to let you know, you're not a very good grumpy sergeant. It's more like not a grumpy sergeant. Uh, (laughs) So I told her I was going to do a shout out to her for calling me out. And, uh, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, Sometimes I think I'm grumpy, but she says, no, you're, you're like one of the, you know, just more happy grumpy sergeant, not a very good grumpy sergeant. Anyways, it was just it was just a fun conversation um, about that. Maybe I'll just be the helpful old sergeant. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, regardless of what that is, um, let's kick it off right now. All right, so I'm back, and I am the grumpy old sergeant, but sometimes I'm not that grumpy, or I don't do a very good job of being grumpy. So today, I'm actually going to be the helpful grumpy sergeant. (laughs) This is just funny. This is getting complicated. The Veteran Canteen Service. And uh, it's like a little BX, a little base exchange, N-E-X, for my... Uh, Navy guys and MCX for my Marines, and basically it's open to any veteran. So it's a really cool thing. So really, really interesting um, that it is part of the Veterans Affairs. You can register now, and registration is through GovX. You can go here at shopvcs dot com, and uh, you can register and then log in and then. Uh, They'll qualify you and all that other jazz to see, uh, you know, your veteran status and all that. And and then you can have access to shopping online if you are not near a veteran uh, affairs that has a VCS um, there. But you can shop through them online. Anyways, so that was the helpful sergeant. I'm dropping the old part because grumpy old sergeant sounds good, but just helpful old sergeant just doesn't sound good. So that's the helpful sergeant. But I am going to kick off a grumpy old sergeant slash happy sergeant because we're going to do, that's right, the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: Now that was pretty awesome. That's my boy. Evan. So shout out to my boy, Evan. Thank you, sir, for being so patriotic and giving the pledge. All right. Well, I hope that when you hear my boys uh, giving the Pledge of Allegiance, it inspires you to do the same. And remember, when you see old glory, when you see a flag, just think about it and say, that's right. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And you know the rest. Hey, Ashley, why don't you kick us out with the Mentor Minute of the Week?
1: Too easy. Mentor Minute of the Week, I would have to say, is I have always believed that I needed to be the person I needed the most when I was a young private. So that's somewhat, if you will, what I embody as a, a non commissioned officer and how I live through purpose through my Army values to help others and continue to serve beyond the uniform.
0: That's actually really cool. So, do you feel that you just never or you didn't get that individual at those early stages of, of your formative uh, military career and in, in, in that? Or was it just something that you kind of in your mind envisioned that you would have this individual in your life in, or in place so that you can excel?
1: It's kind of a combination of both. Uh, when I first joined, uh, there was a bunch of things that I kind of walked into from uh, quickly becoming a statistic of MST to moving into a unit where I would serve with my assailant for five years. And I, for a long time, never felt heard. And I didn't have a lot of strong female leadership early on. Um, That would change dramatically as I would progress in service. There's a few staff sergeants and sergeants that um, would end up kind of rearing me to Um, the value and proficiency and professional level that I needed but as I grew and obtained the rank of sergeant I knew that it was my responsibility to mentor other women in the service and to include young men as well but I really felt a calling and an urge to help others and feel that um, feel like they're they're being valued and their voices are being heard and empowered so that was just something that I, I took across the board, not only as a, as a mentor, but as a leader, something I've continued to push through my transition.
0: Mm. And so going back real quick, you you mentioned an acronym uh, or, or three letters, MST. Can you define that a little more?
1: Sure. So MST stands for military sexual trauma. Yeah. Uh, roughly about three or four weeks after I raised my right hand, I was in an ROTC program where I found myself um, in what we would refer to as a very rigid good old boys club. I was on track to direct commission and that was all really derailed when I was uh, raped by two of my peers and then three others, including the two. uh, So total five all conspired and and wrote a, a very, Notable story slandering me which left me out of the program um, in what we refer to as a recruit sustainment program where I had to go and still drill in a pre-shipping uh, mode before I left for basic training uh, so I had to be with those individuals up until that time frame and then when I had returned from basic training AIT I found out that there was only really three job options. So all five of us had got kicked out of the program. One would end up returning. One would end up going to West Point, the one who wrote the story. A young man accused me of sexual assault, which he then redacted and uh, would end up sharing the document with me after I had got kicked out, which I couldn't do anything about it anyway. Um, The gentleman who uh, raped me, uh, ended up going uh into military police um the other gentleman i'm trying to think he went um he went awol shortly no one really heard back from him but he went engineer uh my main assailant went mp gentleman accused me of sexual assault went mp uh or military police excuse me um the guy who went to west point who wrote the story when uh went to mp Uh, another one i think went to artillery or engineer and then um That was it. So what ended up happening was um, they, like, well, the three of them ended up serving with me for a little bit. So I really couldn't escape it. Um, So it was like, again, it kind of transformed into this, like, I wasn't going to let anyone define who I was or be, like, taken advantage of and or let others be taken advantage of like I was. So I really kind of turned the the negative experience into a positive, uh, positive growth uh, or post-traumatic growth, if you will, uh, to help others and uh, really show people that like, you know, I'm, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor and I continue to trailblaze and do great things and that this is a, a very small piece of my story, but it's a very important piece of my story because as I share it, I hope that it will be. A page in someone's survival guide.
0: Wow! I tell you what, uh, Ashley, that I t- <laughs> that is a heavy, heavy mentor minute of the week. And when I envisioned served and the idea of served radio, I knew that I was creating a platform where we wanted to discuss these heavy topics. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't really think that we were, it was gonna happen so early on in the in the <laughs> served radio story. I I, 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 like dive right in. Yeah, well that that was just like boom. <laughs> like like it's 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 a nervous chuckle that I have right now in the sense of like, oh my gosh, like like um I envisioned that this would be an arena where these conversations can happen and will happen and will get discussed honestly and Here we are. (laughs) Episode eight. Boom. Here we are talking about this. And um, that was a, a heavy Mentor Minute of the week. But again, let's recap before we go into the served mission brief, because I'm sure this is what it's going to be mostly about. But let's do that recap again of that Mentor Minute of the week so folks can now digest what we just heard and then reprocess that.
1: So my, my mentor uh, minute of the week is really to challenge others to be the leader that they needed or that person they needed at a a tough point in their life or to have someone who was there to support them. I just want those out there to know that there's an opportunity to mentor and help others. You know, we can take it in a, Oh, well, someone didn't help me and, you know, redact and be spiteful and vindictive. But I think there's an opportunity to grow and incite and inspire or incite inspiration in others and motivate them to do more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. That is truly being uh, of service. Um, And that was in episode seven. We were I was talking about being of service, not just in service. And and that right there, what you just shared with us is definitely being of service service um to our served community so with that uh the served mission brief and you know we talk about phase one transition phase two identity crisis and phase three being in nostalgia and building a legacy you know the floor is yours take us through this journey of the served mission brief
1: absolutely so i would have to say like phase one for me transition um i always tell folks that i'm in the national guard right
0: yeah
1: and National Guard, Reservists, we kind of get to the short end of the stick, especially when it comes to programs like benefits, services, unless like we're deployed of any status, uh, we're a little limited.
0: So you've always been a Guardsman, uh, never active duty? Uh, Correct. Attack. Okay, all, all right.
1: All Guard, eight years, uh, military, police.
0: All right. Uh, what uh, what Guard unit?
1: So I'm out
0: of Ohio. Out of Ohio. Shout out to the Ohio uh National Guard. O H I O. Yeah. Well I was I was um I was a guardsman as well. The later part of my career I was with the uh, DC Air National Guard. So I stayed on the air side. But um yeah, very very interesting. So so you're saying that you kind of felt so you went into basic training as a guardsman. Yep,
1: correct. Ah, okay. And what was so unique about that is um I really excelled when I, when I went to training I was just kind of in this weird funk of like my, like, I know this is phase two, but I went through like a pre-identity crisis Yeah, <laughs> given all the trauma and different things that were happening. I was trying to go to school. I was, at, you know, 18, naive, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, trying to figure out like who I wanted to be when I grew up. Right?
0: When you were in basic training, you had already experienced the military sexual trauma component of, of your life. Correct. Correct.
1: Okay. So then, I went to co. I, I, you know, I was in co-ed training. The MPs are a male and female, so I carried the same weight. I ran the same amount. Like it didn't matter. We were doing the same stuff. And what was neat about that, and what would end up inspiring my my business name way way later on, is I was the guide on bearer for like 19 out of 21 weeks because I was a PT stud. <laughs> so my, my serve number 2112795 is something that I chanted very frequently uh, (laughs) as the guide on bear. So that that always stuck with me. Yeah. And what was so interesting about that is that entire time I was there, um, you know, they say like it breaks you down, but it wasn't breaking down. Like the whole time I felt like I was being built up for something better. And, And that sounds like crazy, like military brainwash, but it wasn't. It was like I am empowered, I am carrying the same weight, like I am being respected by my peers, I am leading the way i am you know I'm making all of this leadership gains and helping people um so I really left basic training and a i t with a sense of purpose and fulfillment, like you know i w- I would come home in this transition state right from that training, and you know um I would go to find out that you know um. That I was adopted. That um, both my brothers had, um, you know, told the family that, hey, we are gay. Like this is it. And so we had so much family turmoil. As soon as I exited service, so um, you, so you,
0: time. wow, you're drawing a lot of bombs here. So, so after you finished service, you got the news that you were adopted. Yeah, um, and and um, you had not known before. Like your parents just did, did something in the military exactly. MEPS process or something that you ask a question and they said, Hey, we now have to what? tell you or, or how did that come about?
1: There was a lot of um, weird stuff that happened leading up to like obtaining my birth certificate and some things. Oh. And like my dad's name wasn't on it. Yeah. So I found out like my dad, who I will always referred to as my father, um, wasn't my biological father, which it was very interesting because I've always had this um, like wisdom-esque mature old soul kind of aura about me and when i had got back i had such a like understanding of like other people and like why people do certain things because i was listening to all these women in the bay from different ages different backgrounds and you know they always say the military is like this giant social experiment well it really is so we're we're sitting in the bay and i'm I'm listening to all these women and
0: And when you say the bay bay. you're talking about like a boot camp right the the open bay
1: exactly and you know I, was, I had my 19th birthday. I remember getting my M4 as uh, my birthday present while I stood in a, a line like baking from the sun.
0: And, oh, your birthday uh, present was an M4. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it was It was very exciting. I remember I got issued that, uh, Weapon 68. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so like I had all of these different empowering moments, speaking to all of these just wonderful people. And I remember coming home and... Like trying to get myself back into school, establish some financial securities, take care of my brothers because obviously, like my parents were kind of having a hard time like accepting my brothers, and I would end right. up doing a lot for them. Um, you know, in the years coming, and like just kind of protecting them as best I could, and media like mediating. So there was this crazy amount of stuff.
0: So your transition. So just, I mean, I'm I'm actually just trying to conceptualize this because I left basic training. And then I went to tech school, which you call AIT in the army. And then I knew for the next four years that I had a job, right? I knew that I was I got orders, I was going to Okinawa, Japan. I got trained as a as a aircraft mechanic. I was a crew chief on the F-15 Eagle Keeper. But I knew that I was basically almost like on this track for the next four years. And you immediately are in transition back to what you kind of knew but in a very different yeah. state. This is, it, this is incredible. It's
1: like, it's like taking the rose color glasses off, like the civilian rose cover glasses off and then putting on like your military perspective. And then you realize how close minded some people could be and, or um, like situational things. Like at the end of the day, like I was happy and appreciated a shower and a warm bed. Like, And, you know, that's just coming from a basic AIT perspective. So to come back, I always tell people the National Guard and Reserves, you're in a constant state of transition because you are in a part time status, but you are meeting all of the full time active duty standards. You're providing a skill, you're, you're employed, you're wearing multiple hats. Some of us, you know, are our, you know, bro- you know, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, wives, husbands, aunts, uncles, you name it, right? Or then you tap on the, the career hat, like, what are you doing aspirationally there? Or I own my own business or, you know, wh- whatever identities and hats you want to put on from there. Right. But National Guard, a lot of people have this misconception that like, we're just total weekend warriors, like maybe in the 90s, early 90s, but that's really changed. Like we're deploy ready. Right. I've had plenty of units in Ohio that, you know, have deployed or are currently, like we get picked up on that roster and that zero phase cycle and we just kind of rock and roll with it. Like I've been seated three times, but it didn't happen. And everyone tells me, don't worry about that. Like, it's probably for the better. You're not missing anything. And yes, I don't have a combat patch on my sleeve, but it doesn't mean I haven't worked with folks who have deployed or have had an opportunity to mentor and lead in that capacity, which is why the national guard is so interesting because I could have, um, you know, a soldier who's a cop on, you know, the, the outside and then comes in, I could have him teach X, Y, and Z coursework out of the warrior leadership book. And then I have, you know, um, one of our, one of our cooks or mechanics who also is like an HVAC technician or, so there's so many different skill sets and it's about really discovering that talent in the National Guard and like how to best utilize folks right but it's really interesting so like I spent the next three and a half years kind of walking on eggshells, kind of dancing around the good old boys club and just that that group and you know don't get me wrong it was emotionally exhausting on the weekends but you know sure enough like I was doing all the right things and they were giving me opportunities to like, go to our uh, basic leadership course, once was war leadership course as a specialist. Like, in three and a half years, I became an NCO. It was crazy. Right. And then that is my, fast. And then, at my, and then at my six year mark, then I got inline promoted to staff sergeant. If you think about it, in those six years, that's a rank every year. Yeah. If you think about it. And I went in as an E1 fuzzy
0: then. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, for uh, those that don't know the military ranks uh, or for the army, the staff sergeant is an E six. So um, you, you progressed very quickly.
1: And you know, it was just one of those things where like when you really love what you do, you're really not working. Yeah. <laughs> you're just passionate about it. Yeah. That's awesome. I had a lot of opportunities to mentor young men and women and help them both on their like civilian career goals, personal goals, what i mean is like personal and career aspirations yeah. to include the military yeah
0: and you know that that you you're taking what i've thought of of the served leaving to living program and you're literally stretching this to to a a point that i just i knew and i understood but not to this level where where um man the just the transition and the identity crisis could just wreak havoc um in 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 that type of uh, cause you, you know, in, in the, in the, uh, yeah. in active duty, we would always say they're guard babies, right? Oh, they're garden reserve babies, right? They, they got a good, you know, they know what their next duty station is going to be their home. Um, and so, but we don't, we don't get to have that honest conversation or that angle of the story often. And if you just yeah. don't know, you don't know, right? You just know that it's, yeah. um, you know, what I know is active duty and, and, and that lifestyle and even my experience in the guard i got picked up as a as a air guard reserve so i was a full time guard so i was like mm-hmm. on active duty guard orders so even then I, ex- I experienced the guard life but not to a guardsman's perspective like like you're giving me here so this is actually very very fascinating and very interesting um yeah. but you're then honest. yeah so then so then you're tying into this identity crisis of i just got some news from my family, um, and there's a lot of turbulence in that. I had an, a, a a traumatic experience not long ago, and so basically, are you feeling like you're just kind of spiraling out of control, or or are you coming as spiraling up into control? Uh, but and what it sounds like, right. yeah. because of the experience that you had in basic uh, and 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 being empowered and activated. With those around you, those sisters in arms and, 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 and uh, your brothers in arms that truly treat you like, like uh, uh, with respect and, and, and true brothers, which, which way? I mean, because I, I can sense that a lot of us would feel like that challenge, that, that heaviness would just be too much to bear. And, and I personally, I, I think I, I would almost start falling into despair and almost spiraling out of control. But, but uh, lead us into that conversation.
1: Absolutely. So what's interesting is it's kind of like a, it's kind of a weird combination. And I was just at a, a conference where I heard a young woman talk about her um, her rock bottom was a trampoline when you're passionate about something. Right. And I thought about how does that apply to me? One in this situation, because the thing was like when I talk about that stuff, that wasn't my rock bottom. And a lot of people are like, what? Like you were raped by your peers and you served with them. And then you were trying to climb this ladder of good old boys club to proving that you could do everything that you wanted to. And I'll tell you, because I didn't like deal one with my trauma uh, for years, I I didn't go to counseling and start talking to someone until like really honestly 2015. And then I really didn't actually start talking about it until this year. So to give you some perspective, like there was still a lot of like fear of retaliation. I mean, I still serve. and when I was inline promoted out to a new unit, there were still people in that unit that were a part of that original Good Old Boys group that got promoted and moved up, which you know just blows my mind. But you know, these were other leaders, and having to again walk on eggshells, but still lead with with purpose. Uh, what's interesting is that. As I was kind of trying to fixate on the things that I could control in my life, that is what finally led me to my rock bottom. I was in school full-time, so not only was I serving in the National Guard, I was going to school full-time, double majoring. I was working three jo- or three jobs, uh, so t- the military job and two part-time positions in higher education, one at a community college in Cleveland and the other at the University of Akron. So I was juggling all of these things, trying to be financially independent, support others, mentor and be a leader, um, keep food on the table, pay bills. Um, and I was trying to become you know, a medical doctor or a physical therapist. Like I would kind of caveat and switch between the both. And um, with my learning disability, being dyslexic and all, um, obviously that proposed some challenges. Uh, but sure enough, like in 2016 is when I really hit my rock bottom. And people were like, what you were achieving so much and doing so many things. And you had all these accolades and awards and you had started this, you know, campus post or at least initiated it. I said, to be honest with you, I had looked and held so much value to me getting into like physical therapy school and obtaining just this degree that I kept the blinders up so long that I about drowned out every opportunity because of my own pride. Yeah. My pride was my downfall because I wanted to control and make sure that nobody else could take my vulnerabilities from me. And it wasn't until I had that epiphany moment, that patriotic epiphany moment, if you will, that when I finally decided that pretending that I wasn't vulnerable was not the answer, but being authentically vulnerable and sharing my stories and understanding that everything happens for a reason was probably one of the more empowering moments I've had in my entire life.
0: I tell you and what, I, I, I have chills running through my body right now and just listening to you speak, Ashley, it is, I am revisiting my 2015 all over again. I mean, it, this is amazing. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just, no, this you're, is-
1: you're fine. I mean, like I said, like at that point in time, like I remember, oh gosh, I, I just, it's a hard feeling to describe. But when you finally realize like everything you were doing was directly inhibiting you from your own success, like talk about self-sabotaging. Yeah. When I finally hit my rock bottom, you bet your butt. I turned it into a trampoline. And as soon as I hit that rock bottom, the blinders came off and it was like a light just shined through. And I thought to myself, look at all of the things you've done. And the next thing I did, really my decision hour, was, okay, I can't get into physical therapy school. MD is out of the question. Public health. And I remember contacting the director for Northeast Ohio Medical School, and I had $5,000 in scholarships. And I didn't want to return them. And I said, listen, I have a terrible GRE, and this is what I want to do. I said, I will take all of the electives for this master's waiting for approval to get into this program to show you how committed I am and this Hail Mary play if you will I took all these classes and made the commitment and I had got a call like right after the last withdrawal date from the director and they gave provisional admission into this master's program even with a six percentile MAP GRE score and it was insane and and these things all happened very closely because I can tell you when I walked across the stage with my double major and my minor That was one of the most emptiest feelings I've ever had in my life. It was truly symbolic of the little like blank sleeve that they give you when you like walk across the stage because they don't give you your diploma there. Right. And it was so like it was so fitting metaphorically, because I was like, wow, I feel as empty as this sleeve. Like I have a really expensive piece of paper. But at the end of the day, like I wasn't happy with me because I had put up so many blinders to stay true to this mission to, I don't know, externally make people happy that it wasn't internally making me happy. Oh so then, goodness. when I applied yes. to this this program, um, at this point I was the recipient of over thirty six thousand dollars worth of scholarships. I had both my bachelor's degrees paid for with a minor, and I will and have graduated debt free with all my education without a forever GI Bill. And people just couldn't believe it because I had worked so hard, but that did not come without the back door like sacrifices and the torment that I would put myself through because all too often it's really hard to defeat an enemy with an outpost in your head.
0: That's right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That
1: was something I had to really sit back and contemplate because the anxiety, the depression, the, the trying to control every aspect of my life. Once I let that go and I just said, you know, I can only control what I can control. And my husband would tell me this, you know, and the different, points of our relationship and i really credit him to a great deal of support um, that he's provided for me because i don't know if i you know and i think he came into my life at the right amount of time too and he also serves so he gets it
0: yeah um, i'm telling was, you what you, you was, we we are we are hitting we hit phase one we hit phase two identity crisis like i'm just i was just like yeah let's just hit one man you are just rolling and plowing yes, through this you asked, you asked, oh I my gosh it. <laughs> that, that I'm I'm like man like I this this is empowering um, Ashley and and I have to tell you what we are recording right now what we are doing right now it's gonna save and help so many people because for the longest time like you kept your your stuff private and and how you are articulating that emptiness I tell you what that happens a lot more than what we want to. Uh, understand or agree or, or even pay attention to. And I felt exactly just like that. That's it. We
1: just keep going through the motions. And then like, you know, I go to work nine to, you know, eight to eight to five and I come home and I work on myself because I know that that is what drives me. And I think once we have that self-reflection that like, you know, hit the wall moment, we have to think, wow, like, have to do something for me, and if we're not happy, we are directly responsible for our own happiness. Right. If we rely on others to validate our happiness, we're going to be miserable. That's right. Because not everyone, no one, will put you at the forefront. So whether it's like self marketing and promoting, and all too often, especially like working with veterans in higher education, you know, throughout the duration, working with soldiers and the mentorship capacity, everything that I do now with business and now working for Big VBA. Like it's all about like bringing it back to boots on ground and recognizing that we all go through transition differently. We all have this moment of identity crisis. But how do we help others really bridge that that gap of resources and information? And I found, you know, after like, you know, figuring out who I wanted to be. And I can tell you that I I finally started believing in myself. And the next thing I know, while finishing up my master's, I was one in 25 selected for this internship to go to Washington, D.C. And some of the networking and some of the things that I was kind of taught or just learned, I just decided to rediscover myself. And I can't even begin to tell you how that's expanded my networks, my ideas, the partnerships. And that's me helping others and building that legacy because as I reflect how can I help others how can I be that that page in the survival guide how can I share and tell others to really amplify their stories without you know self-sabotaging or you know totally adopting team mentality because at the end of the day like you are your own biggest advocate and if you can't talk to your you know i always tell people people catch me all the time talking to myself sometimes i need like the best advice and that comes from within you just got to do a gut check once in a while
0: that's right and and you know here is something that in the identity crisis uh, from the leaving to living book i i talk about the 3 r's and and i've not gone into great detail but i feel uh, what the 3 r's but i i feel like right now is a good time because the first r stands for uh recognizing and so when we're in identity crisis, we have to be honest. Like you just said, a gut check. We have to recognize that we are in an identity crisis state. We are in a state that is that is not a, a peaceful state or, or at peace state, you know. And then we have to reorient. And that's what you were talking about, about, you know, redefining yourself, going back and growing yourself and, and just reorienting to a positive direction. And then here... And you're going to find this familiar now. Now you're going to see the tie-in of where we met at the Military Influencer Conference is the last R is to reset. And when I say reset is give yourself that permission, give yourself that authority, empower yourself to reset. And that's what ties into what we met at the Military Influencer Conference. Remember what I was telling you about hit the, the damn red button? Well, that yeah. that's kind of what it was about. It was sort of like a physical exercise talking about hitting the record button on, on, on the studio gear, but in reality, what it really ties in into is hit the reset button. It's okay. You can hit the reset button. And through your yeah. story, this, this is what we're hearing. We're hearing that you recognize, reoriented, and you reset. You gave yourself permission. And mm-hmm. for me, I gave myself permission. It took a long time, but yeah. I, I finally did it, and here we are. And this is what served, or this idea of served, uh, and why served radio is is here to tell mm-hmm. this story, these stories. And this it is just took amazing. Me a long
1: time, Raph. It took me a long time to like come to terms with one my trauma and my story. And for a long time, like I didn't think like what I was doing was really all that valuable. And it wasn't until like I got in front of the right people, or I got comfortable being uncomfortable, and worked on that pitch and sharing people my story that People were like, oh, my God, like, that's what? Like, no. And as I was sharing, like, all of these things I've done, and you know, then, you know, of course, moving into, like, Miss Vector America to running my, you know, having this epiphany in Lafayette Square to starting my own business to then being, you know, talent hired by the undersecretary for benefits to come out and be the first ever marketing specialist in the VBA. Like, cool stuff. And it all started because I did reset. And I had to hit rock bottom and turn it into a trampoline because I had to reset and realize that, you know, no, no one else was going to do this for me. And if I waited on somebody else, like it never would have happened. Right. And I shouldn't have to wait for validation from other people. I should just, you know, love myself and understand and appreciate like who I am and I'm not perfect. And that was something really hard to I guess, they really process for a long time. Yeah. And now that I'm in an opportunity to inspire, I mean, I just, you know, did an interview today for Military Families Magazine. I got a phone call from GI Jobs. They want to cover me in January's issues, so a bunch of women in Congress. I was like, how do I fit into this equation? I'm flattered. <laughs> and then like next, <laughs> and then next week I'm presenting an award to Chuck Hagel for Defense, uh, Defense Secretary. Like it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and all that and, and and you made time for served radio so we truly appreciate you for that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's pretty
0: yeah. awesome. You
1: know, all these things are happening because I'm putting myself out there and I'm allowing myself a certain degree of vulnerability. Like I'm very calculated, I'm strategic, and you know there are a lot of skills that I kind of just put to the wayside. And now that I'm I'm in this entrepreneurship mode, like you know because we met at you know the MIC the Mick and now like everything's full speed ahead and i'm just trying to live in the present and not necessarily revisit my past but in that nostalgic way of like i took the rose colored glasses off like now what's next and i'm looking towards the future but to a certain degree and at one point I, i can tell you i was living either too much in the past or too much in the future, and I had to start being present to yes. truly appreciate in the moment.
0: Find that balance, yep, and that and that is that that where you're actually truly building legacy because uh, you know in phase three now, right? So we've actually trans- we've actually gone through transition identity crisis. Now we're we're in that nostalgia building legacy state phase three where you have to be present to be able to build that legacy. And and I actually suffered from that thing as well, uh, Ashley, where I was. In the past, and then I am too too far into the future, uh, where but but you have to be here, and this is where you are making impact right here, right now, being of service and wow. and uh, man, that's just amazing. So, one thing that I want to revisit, Ashley, and and I think it's important because we might not get impact on this right now as served radio grows on. We, we always will have this in reference, and so that leaders that are in position of making decisions or leaders that Influence policy can truly understand this. You said in your statement a few a few minutes ago that it took you a long time to seek help, and I have my own thoughts on that, and I will share with that uh, as I continue to to uh, unpack the serve story, um, and that will be in future episodes. But right now, I have you right now, right here. Why? Why did it take you so long? Was Was it a you didn't feel that you could? um, get help from anybody else? No one would understand or, or what was your reason?
1: So initially when everything had happened, um, you know, I'm I'm 18 years old, you know, put on those rose colored glasses, naive. I just kind of took what people were saying uh, just like full trust. So when they said like, Oh, it was just an incident. Or, sorry, well, you haven't gone to basic trainer AIT, therefore, like, we can't do anything for you. Like, these were things that were said to me.
0: Like, you don't qualify.
1: Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? So, like, if, yeah. if you're 18, like, I'm not going to challenge that. I didn't because I didn't know any better. Right. Because you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't have those relationships, not even, like, with my parents. Like, my parents didn't believe me. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah so when you don't have the support you don't have the relationships um that really fostered not only the communication or someone looking out for you which is what brings it back to that that mentor minute i mentioned is like i needed someone to really be that guide on for me i needed someone to be there and tell me what i needed someone and that took a long time because i i didn't trust people after that so there was a lot of distrust you know i didn't have big friend groups. I had, you know, anxiety, depression, social anxiety. I didn't go to house parties. I stayed away from anything that would trigger me to, you know, to include alcohol. Like I, I didn't, you know, have alcohol until I was like 24. I mean, I stayed away from everything that would set me off. And the thing was, I was preoccupying myself with school. So I just kept focusing on school and I refused to deal with that.
0: Yeah. That was a distraction of choice at that point.
1: Exactly. And that distraction of choice is why in 2016, I finally hit the rock bottom. Yeah. And at that time, you know, for for all the decision makers and, you know, advocates and thought leaders out there, you know, it's different for everybody. But when you're 18 and 19 years old and you're naive and you don't know any better, and you know, someone of authority and leadership tells you there's something they can do for you. I don't think I would have, like, I mean, now, oh, hell yeah, I would have challenged that, like, now, for what I know, oh, yeah, I go to, I would go to bat all the time for my soldiers, even if, like, you know, I pick my battles, but keep fighting the good fight, Right. but I didn't have anybody like that, and I think, like, fostering uh, an environment where that is, um, like, to, to know that that was an option for me, and again, like, this is post or pre- like basic AIT before I sit down through like you know huge PowerPoint briefs, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So, like I said, I made a decision to preoccupy myself, and that was not a great choice because like I would have months where I would just have a total breakdown, and then I would just I would spiral out of control. Like. Like I said there was that negative thought monster in my head chasing me around like a Pac-Man figure. It was like waka 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 you suck waka waka what are you doing? Waka 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 don't do this. Like it was just me constantly running away. Yeah. Um you know.
0: And then and, and then the finally. Then the run stops, right? You hit a wall. Um You hit, a wall you hit and the and wall. You
1: get, you get eaten by Inky. That's it, man. <laughs> That's what happens.
0: And so um there's actually uh something I've been working on again just just kind of, you know, Dropping the little tidbits here, little breadcrumbs here of what's to come. But there's there's something I've been working on for two years that I call breaking through the wall, and it's exactly that: that you run, you keep running, uh, you have distractions, right? And, and and these distractions can be something like school, or they can be unhealthy distractions, which I call disruptive behaviors, right? That's where we start getting into um, uh, drugs, uh, 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 behaviors alcohol, that that yeah, alcohol. That's right, behaviors that are not Relationship building, right? That are not positive. Uh, just, just, there's all kinds of, of, of things out there that, that one can uh, jump from and to back and forth until you finally run out of space, right? And you hit that brick wall and, and, and you said, Pinky gets you, right? And then, then what, right? And then you're at that bottom and, and that's when you need that trampoline. Man, that's just so amazing. I just never have thought about that before, but. You get that bottom and and you and you and you turn it into a trampoline. Well, I tell you what, we this this right here, I think we've already kind of stated it, but uh, you know, the the last segment of the show is called the Leaving to Living Debrief. And this is where we take actionable items where you give us leadership tidbits more. I'm asking more of you. Uh, like you haven't given us enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've done a tremendous job here. But here in in this section is where as 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 you the leader gives us that actionable item. And sends us out the door so we can go be empowered and activated and make impact in our communities. So I'll leave the floor and, and, and uh, we'll leave it up to that.
1: Absolutely. I think that if I can leave uh, listeners with one thing is that we all can wake up every day and make a difference. And that we can be the most important person in an organization. Doesn't matter your rank, how long you've been there, your title, your position. Everyone has innate abilities and talents and we should be capitalizing on those and sharing our our ideas with one another and really cultivating a mutual respect kindness and we should really just be connecting with one another i feel as if we live in a world so socially connected on you know internet all this awesome technology but we're so disconnected from one another in person and place
0: you you are literally taking uh, the script from the serve story there that that is I I would say that I was so connected yet so disconnected. Absolutely. I had email. I, I had Facebook. I had text. Yeah, I, a, I, I have all
1: these friends and followers. That's but right. At the end of the day, it doesn't mean shit. That's like, right.
0: It's Ugh.
1: you know if you can count like people on one hand that you if you're in a tight bind like that's a win and I think we need to reevaluate reassess what's important and i think we, we've as a society been kind of drifting towards this superficial aloofness
0: yeah and
1: we need to reconnect and you know that obviously falls into many multifaceted, multifactor, multi-factor you know things that i advocate for to include like veteran homelessness specifically with women veterans and children to um, education and investment in education employment transition with my with my business like but, yeah, I just think that there's so many opportunities out there and that you just have to take them.
0: And, and the things that you just mentioned right now, Ashley, they're all service oriented. You are giving service. You are service, you know, in service oh, and yeah. of service. And I tell you what, that Absolutely. that is the key message here that that I'm, I'm sharing with folks. And I'm just trying to be as loud as I can so folks can understand is is when you are in service, but especially of service. And sharing those talents and 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 those those special things that make you you that is what's going to change the internal. That's what's going to turn around and and gobble up that power ball and then eat the the pinky and, and the other the other things that are chasing you right. And at that point, that's where that empowerment and that activation comes from. And it's just so amazing. And and you mentioned something earlier that I want to bring up to our audience right now is you said that. Um, you have a business, but at the same time, you were empowered and and you got connected to the Miss Veteran,
1: Miss Veteran America,
0: Miss Veteran America. Yeah, we're gonna drop a bonus episode where we're gonna do a real deep dive into this. But but just real quickly, I didn't even know that existed. I had been in the military for twenty years and out for four, and it's the first time I was like, "What? There's a Miss? There's a Miss Veteran America? Like, give us yeah. a quick uh, uh, bullet points on on what that is."
1: Sure. So so Miss Veteran America has been around for a little under a decade and it was founded on the principles of really empowering uh, service women, uh, our veterans, um, that there are women beyond the uniform and embracing both uh, femininity and all of the like masculine traits and that like we shouldn't have to sacrifice one for the other and that we wear so many hats. So that's why this whole woman beyond the uniform took place. But it's honestly, it's not a pageant. There's no through-through walking around with like feather boas and bathing suit contests. Like this has opened up to all women of all service branches from various experiences, from a four-year contract to, you know, 30 plus years in service, from Air Force to Coasties, from World War II Coasties, FAR, believe it or not. emeritus wow. A Like I think she was first or second runner-up. She's turned 96. Wow. Like this is not something that like.
0: It's not associated it's not, with a Miss America pageant yeah, or, or anything not. to that. It's, it's not a, it's not a superficial. Women.
1: Yeah. power service women into sharing their stories or if you will, hashtag her story because we serve too. You know, I, I've been seeing all the, I'm not visible campaigns. How about I am visible? Like, why don't we make that positive and actionable? Like I am visible. I am here. I may not wear a, you know, my, you know, baseball cap and my lapel pin everywhere I go. But when you know, someone extends a handout to my husband, thinking for a service. Cause obviously he's got this military haircut. You know what I do? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. We both appreciate serving our country. Like yes. it's about bringing yourself into the dialogue. And yep. what's great about this competition is that it um, not only, it's a huge portion of advocacy. It's about raising awareness, showing, like telling people about this organization because it's home uh, benefactor, if you will is Final Salute Inc., which supports homeless women, veterans, and their children by providing safe, excuse me, safe and suitable housing. So I've been raising dollars to help these women because they are the fastest growing demographic in the homelessness population right now. Believe it or not, people are just awestruck. They can't even fathom like, well, what do you mean? Like, if you look at the way that some of these organizations are split up, whether it's shelters, transitional housing to services, they're male dominated and oriented. And they don't really take into account like children. Like It's like demonized if you have a child. Oh, sorry, you can only bring one child then. Okay, well, what do I do with my other two kids? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have child- I don't have child care. So how can you expect me to have a job if I can't have anyone to take care of my kids? Or if I don't have a support system? Why is it that 70% of homeless women veterans are single moms? Why is that? I don't because know. there's a lack of support system we've got women who are transitioning and they're not getting the same, you know, number of resources they would have gotten on active duty and or national Guard and reserves or national Guard and reserve gals have no idea. These things exist because they don't think they're veterans because they didn't go overseas. Yeah. So you have this contradicting double-edged sword of like social paradigm of like, who are we? What will we be?
0: Yeah.
1: And Miss Veteran America is helping on a national front show women that like, you can be all of these things like you don't have to sacrifice like who you are like we are amazing and we need to show other women who have been lost in this this conversation that they too and their service matters because they she serves too is important. That's right. So this competition is about military history advocacy. Can you represent the organization Can you talk to the points? Can you talk to the issues? And also a little bit of fun. Like, we've got a little talent lip singing competition. Like, how can you beat that? Like, it's super fun. You just get creative. It's all about showmanship. So it's awesome. It's not associated with, like, Miss Universe. Like, there's no superficial, like, physical judging component. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because I feel like there's one thing... We need to do is begin to be progressive. That there's, you know, beauty comes in all forms and shapes and sizes, and we need to empower women and not try and pigeonhole them into categories. And we do that in service too, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: but this just resonates so much with just my served vision of of it being a flat platform of of uh, the served community. Uh, service members responders veterans dependents being everywhere and nowhere at the same time being so connected yet this I tell you what this is just resonates so loud this served message and I'm just so excited yeah. that we got to hear this right now because this, this is a timely message and yeah. um, so real quick guide on yeah oh that's, that's where, I was gonna ask you that real quick how do people find out more about the uh, Miss veteran America? Um, and how do people rally around these, um, uh, uh, participants? Uh, how do we support, sure. um, how, 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 do we do that?
1: So there's a few ways, uh, with Miss Veteran America specifically, I encourage everyone to check out the website, final salute Inc. In addition to the Miss Veteran America competition, they'll pop up right as you write an SEO for, for Google, no worries there. Um, You'll be able to check out white papers, infographics, information, past winners. And these are some really high-speed women. Like the current winner, Desiree, she's like an active duty mom of four. She's like a Sergeant first class in Florida, like kicking butt, taking names. Uh, I mean, like, these are really, really impressive women who have, you know, worn the main title, but also in supporting runner-up and uh, supporting initiatives across the country. so those are two ways website-wise you can check those out. I have an official uh, Facebook page. Um, it's MBA for Ashley G. It sounds really bizarre, but if you were to type in my first last name, which my monster last name, as long as we have that on their route, people can find me because <laughs> nobody else has that name. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I always just encourage people to like send me a message and be like, hey, I heard you on or. Hey, I heard you from here or whatever, because that way I can kind of keep people straight. Cause I get a lot of random people to add me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you introduced me to the to term ran, yeah. randos. Is that what you called it? Randos. Yeah. Randos. randos. She, she was, uh she was schooling me yeah. and she says, Oh, I get a lot of randos. I'm like, Oh, there's a lot of people named rando. Like I don't get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, like I, I just, I, as a communicator, appreciate when someone sends me a message that like one, they've like looked at my LinkedIn or they appreciate my message or, um, make the extra effort. Um, but you know what, listen, you can follow me on, on Facebook for Miss America. I have a personal account. I have an Instagram account under my, my full name where, um, I do both guide on advocating, uh, Miss America in general, all kinds of benefit information, things that I'm going to be rolling out. Um, and just to add a quick plug, um, I started guide on education consulting as a CNE E E philosophy that was from my experience working in higher education to really help bridge the gap of information or resources. It just seemed like the right thing to do. So I do workshops, um, keynote speaking mentorship through veterati platform, which is a really cool, really cool thing. If you haven't heard about it, it's an awesome thing. USAA um, has funded. It's a free yeah. platform for most spouses and vets. love it. Love, love, love. But yeah, I do, I these workshops, keynote speaking, um, but I, I was really geared towards helping bridge that information gap, and I, I tailor a lot of my stuff, and I consult with higher ed businesses, nonprofits, because I want to help other people grow.
0: Right. So we'll definitely have to get you back on the show, so that that is a mustard seed that we're planting, and and we're and we're going to uh, uh, make sure that that uh, gets uh, watered and and it grows, and we'll have you back on the show, and we can just dedicate yeah. the whole entire show to the amazing uh, organizations <laughs> and how you are. Uh, making impact uh, with these visions. Um, so, yeah. Any uh, yeah, any final thoughts or or closing thoughts or anything like that um, that you uh, wanted to go back or anything?
1: No, you know, I just I really appreciate you allowing me, allowing me to to share my story on this platform. I, I think it's it's critical that we hear from anyone who's willing to share and having a Just having somewhere to do that is so important, especially with all the turbulence and all the different issues that are out there facing our brothers and sisters in arms. And I just really think that as we as we mentioned with that technology never been so disconnected before, I think there's an opportunity to really build back that camaraderie post-transition working through that identity crisis and then really kind of having that camaraderie as we build legacy together in our communities. And I think that really hits home with the serve message and everything I know that I'm doing on my firm because yeah. I embody serving leadership um, with everything that I do. And that's reflective even with my work at the VBA as a marketing specialist, like how can I help do more?
0: I wrap up all the shows with one, with one line. I say, I'll see you on the line, and, they say, and then I end it with onward. Is there something that you like to say when whenever you're uh, signing off or, or uh, saying bye to people or anything like that?
1: I always like to see you later. I don't like to say goodbye.
0: Oh, fantastic. And with that, we'll see you on the line onward. And now that you have been empowered and activated, continue to create impact, share your talents, and serve your local community. Always remember, you are never alone. From leaving to living, together we are served.